Welcome to Grit, Grace, and Glitz. I'm your host, Erica Rothenberger, and I'm so excited for you to join me and my amazing guests every week as you learn how to get gritty, how to give yourself the grace that you deserve, and to celebrate all the glitz that comes to you along the way. Are you ready to unlock your potential? Let's do this. Well, hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Grit, Grace, and Glitz. I am so excited to have you here where we get gritty. We celebrate the glitz that's going on, but we remind ourselves to give ourselves grace. And with that being said, I am so excited to have Kathleen Foster here with us today. And before I tell you about our bio and everything, I thought we would jump right into a question and just so you can get so excited to hear everything she's going to share with us. So Kathleen, welcome to Grit, Grace, and Glitz. So thrilled to have you today. My first question to you is, what's something people seem to misunderstand about you? I think people just miss, they just underestimate me just from the get-go. I think that I am the perfect example of never judge a book by its cover. Because I think people look at me, they see I am a tiny little blonde thing, and they have no idea that I spent, you know, the majority of my life traipsing around the world in war zones. So, uh, you know, today I'm 47 years old. I have uh, identical twin six-year-old girls. I get up, I get in my minivan, I take them to school. You know, I think people people see that person and have no idea how many layers there are uh, underneath that person I am today. Love it. And you truly are a warrior that way. I mean, guys, Kathleen, she loves history. She loves traveling, but she's throughout her 25 year career. She was a journalist and producer literally all over the world, collecting knowledge and news stories and everything coverage from like Iraq and Afghanistan and hurricanes and earthquakes and politicians and everything probably in between. And probably a lot of things that she's probably not even allowed to share at this point, probably (laughs) that are, you know, R plus plus rated, right. That, you know, if if she told us, you know, there, there could be major repercussions. What goes on um, the road stays on the road. Right. I mean, <laughs> what was that like for you, Kathleen? I mean, literally being on the road that way, like, and just really seeing some things that I'm probably sure are still indelible in your memory. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I remember back in high school reading um, our textbook and seeing that everything was as told by the New York Times, as told by this newspaper. And I just realized at the time that journalists are recorders of history. So that is what Mm. I spent my life doing. I spent my life being a witness to history. And it was just, it was, I, I never went a day without realizing how lucky I was to be in that position. Mm. It it probably taught you so much and like made you really pinch yourself a couple of times being like, wow, like how lucky am I? And where do we live? And, you know, I know we all complain, oh, politics are this, and this is there here in America and, you know, all these sort of things, but how blessed we are. And you saw probably some really repressed situations and repressed is probably being really kind. (laughs) I was in a lot of very, very hairy situations, you know, across the Middle East for for 12 years back and forth. Uh, But I was also in uh, some very privileged situations, you know, met a couple of U.S. presidents. I spent some time um, in 
you know, different political campaigns following different political campaigns, celebrities, you know, and, and it was just my, my life. It was my everyday life. But I always took a moment to just, yeah, pinch myself and say, you know, remember, remember how lucky you are. Yes. Every day too. Right. You know what I mean? Someone, someone, you know, I have a dear friend who reached out to us last night and she just let me know that, you know, her husband's been in remission and blah, blah, blah. They went back and, you know, there, there, there's signs that it may not be remission anymore. And it's like, you know what, the things that I was complaining about this morning, like it being cold out or my kids were driving me bonkers. Be, you know, I made my son a breakfast sandwich, which I never do on Friday mornings, but I'm working from home today. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go above and beyond and like, didn't get the praise that I expected. Right. Like, I'm like, it's like you're at a diner this morning. <laughs> you yeah, didn't get a yeah. cold bowl of cereal. And it's like, you know, we get to stop, we get to, we get to stop and, and, and kind of etch ourselves back. So Kathleen, with that being said, when you were a little girl, like, did you ever think you were going to fall into this? Like, how did this all kind of transpire? <laughs> well, Tell me a little yes. bit about your past. Yes. I, I uh, always wanted to do this. I mean, I grew up in the Philadelphia area like you, where, you know, watching action news was like going to church every night. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's still like that. And so I don't just, judge I, us if you're not from this area. No, it is it, it, being a news junkie is just part of being Philadelphian, I think in a way that no other city can compare. So that's how I grew up. And I, I always just, I, I looked at, I remember looking at um, reporters on the street anywhere in Philadelphia and thinking, you know, they're not just, telling me about this. They're actually feeling the flames of that fire. They're actually smelling the smoke of that fire. And they're telling us all about what it's like to be there. So when I was about 13, uh, Diane Allen, who at the time I think was with KYW, was speaking at Gwenda Mercy College. And my uncle, my godfather, asked me what I wanted to do for my birthday. And I said I wanted to go see her speak. So there we went. <laughs> oh my goodness. How beautiful is that? I mean, yeah. and that was a lot, like, I, I'm not saying like, it was a long you know, time which ago. For, so. No, but for at 13, for you to have that vision, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it, that's, that's pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. So then I, uh, you know, went through high school and I got really involved in art history and architecture. Mm -hmm. and, and I applied to NYU on an art, planning to go to, for art history. And I was terrible. It was, I, those dark rooms, I was failing. And my uncle Bob said to me, whatever happened to TV news? And I was like, oh my God, whatever happened to TV news? So I just switched majors, jumped back into TV news. And from then on out, I mean, it was Dean's List till the day I graduated. I, NYU sent me to Bosnia to cover um, re, yeah, rehabilita rehabilitation uh, in Sarajevo in the days after the Bosnian War. So that was my first yeah, I was uh, 20 or 21. Talk about intense. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I really, I hit the ground running. And then uh, at that time, Fox News Channel was just starting up. I was there in Manhattan and they really, <laughs> you're a warm body, I'll take you. So I was, I was writing anchor copy before I even graduated from college. That's amazing. Amazing. Okay, so you have two young daughters. I love it. Two twin daughters, six, Elizabeth and Mary, and yes. they watch you, right? Like yeah. and your husband, Chris, you live in New Jersey, like they're watching you go through this like voyage and like what you're doing and what you're doing now. I mean, you know, how does, how does that feel for them? They're, they're so sweet. So I've, since I, since I left my job, I've um, produced, I, I I published a, a novel, a historical fiction novel uh, that's based on the first ever female Freemason. And my girls really know nothing about my prior career. They only see this and they are so proud that their mom 
is an author. They told their teacher about it. They went to the library to see my book on the shelves. And this weekend, ah, oh, cool. this weekend, I'm going to be doing a book signing and I'm bringing one of my daughters with me so she can sit and watch me do this and help me sell my books and sign the copies. And she's really excited about it. Oh, Kathleen, you should be so proud. And that really is when it becomes you know, when you feel, talk about badge of honor, right? When you know that your child is proud of you and looks up to you and that all that hard work and effort and energy and poise that you've put forward, you know, what that says to them, right? Like to me, there's no better legacy. Okay. So now I'm going to take you on the opposite side. Mm -hmm. You know, what's your most embarrassing moment? Oh, <laughs> this, this is a good I feel like we have to go there, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> we're not all like, we're not all glitzy all the time. Right. And that's what um, I love about this podcast. Kathleen is like, I really want people to show their human side. Right. So when people listen to this, they're not like, oh, well, she just has this gorgeous career and beautiful family and everything's perfect. Right. Like we all have a lot of stuff that gets handed our way. Yeah. Well, so here's some real grit for you. So <laughs> it was 2004 and I was in Baghdad. It was August and I had to go to the convention center at the time was kind of the, um, the headquarters for the interim Iraqi government in the days after Saddam Hussein. And I was going there to interview the spokesperson at the time who was Laith Kuba. And I put on like a little khaki suit that I had. And I went with this, this man who it's a terrible term that we use in news, but it's called a fixer. It's really a local journalist or local person who helps you kind of na navigate and translate. Okay. And this actually used to work for uh, Saddam. Is it a fixer? Yeah. It, that's okay. I just that want to make sure. So now, now when someone calls it a fixer, I'm going to say a mixer. They're going to say, no, a fixer. Fixer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's, it's someone who, when you, when journalists travel to foreign countries, you usually have a fixer who's there with you, who shows you around and sets up interviews for you and does some translation. Okay. Okay. Really journalists. It's a terrible term. But so this particular guy though, he used to work for Saddam and he was used to going around without, um, any sort of identification because everyone just knew who he was. But at the convention center, there were a series of checkpoints that you had to go through, which were outdoors. So every time I was outdoors, I had to wear a flak jacket. So there I was with a flak jacket, a tripod on my shoulder, a laptop, and this guy getting stopped at every single checkpoint to prove who he was because he didn't have his passport with him. So, you know, what should have been just a couple of minutes outside in this 130 degree heat. And you're kidding. I mean, you walk outside in, in Baghdad and it feels like a hairdryer is blowing on you. So as we're walking, I am just melting and I can feel the sweat under my flat jacket, oh. just streaming down my back, down my spine. <laughs> so We've all been there. We've finally, all been there. Right. But we always hope that we're at the beach with our bathing suits on. <laughs> uh, no, I was about to do a pretty big interview. So 45 minutes it took us outdoor, outside to get to the convention center. We walked into the convention center and I'm hit with the air conditioning and I can just feel cold in my crotch. <gasps> And I think, oh God, I can't see it, but I know I'm wearing khakis. Oh my God, I have total swamp ass. So I went to the bathroom and sure enough, the situation was as bad as I thought it was. It absolutely looked like I peed You've my never brought a khaki suit again, I guarantee. I never worn a khaki suit again in my life. So, oh, so I went to the bathroom. I'm just trying to dry it up. There's oh. nothing I can do. Everyone knows what's going on for me. So they sit me down with these, you know, my, like my, my cameraman and the, and the fixer. Yeah. The, yeah, they, yeah. They, yeah. Okay. What are we going to do for her? So 
they put me in a chair and they bring Lathe Kuba over and he comes over to shake my hand and I just kind of lean up like, hey, I don't want to stand up because it looks like I need my pants. Gets even worse. So I finally go to leave and um, there's this beautiful, beautiful correspondent named uh, Lara Logan. She was with CBS for a very long time. Okay. And she decided at that moment to walk over to me and introduce herself to me. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Don't know if she knows. Here I am. But there I was with a wet ass. <laughs> but you'll never forget it. You remember what you were wearing? Like, you know, if it hadn't had it had a little like glitch to it. And remind me, like, listen, that didn't that didn't like you know define your career, right? Like look oh, how no. successful, you know what I mean? And like we all have those moments, but I love when you share things like that because really like that's the shit that goes on days in, days out, right? Life is not perfect and you're not expected to show up that way. And that's when we get gritty, right? And that's when we're going to give ourselves the grace and be like, she probably would have enjoyed that story. and been like, oh my goodness, I was there last week and, or I never wear this anymore because of that. Right. Right. So, oh my goodness. So, so such a good one. Okay. So lastly, if you were to take today, the end of this podcast, miraculously $25,000 shows up in your bank account. What would you do with that $25,000? Would you invest it back in your business? Do something with your family? Like what would that look like to you? I do two things. Um, I have this book right now that everyone seems to say is just made for Netflix. So I would find someone to help me turn that into a screenplay Mm. and see if I can, you know, pitch it to the right people. And then I would also hire the best developmental developmental editor I could find who could help me plot out the next three books for my Lady Freemason. Three more book ideas, but I I really could use some help just creating a great story arc, something that could also be used for a, a limited series in Netflix and just see where I can take this. That absolutely. Can you hear me? I, okay, good. I'm sorry. I had a little glitch there for a minute with my microphone. So um, that's amazing. Like, and it's so true, like investing back into herself, back into her brand, back into what she loves doing, back into her passion, right? Mm-hmm. And some people would be like, I'd take a trip around the world. And I love yeah. other business women who are like, listen, this is what I would do. Not that you wouldn't want the trip around the world, right? When the books get published and all that sort of stuff and you need a break. But mm-hmm. it's so awesome to see people investing back into themselves. And I know exactly where I'd spend my $25,000 too, but I'll tell you guys that another day. So, um, but with that being said, anything left that you just want to leave Grit, Grace and Glitz, our listeners today about life, about business, about being a mom, like anything that just like feel like you really would resonate with them. Yes, absolutely. Just do that thing that scares you the most. Do that thing that causes the most self-doubt because I, through my whole process of... (laughs) I mean, living in such a a public eye for all of those years and also doing this book and this, I'd never had any experience writing fiction before I was always nonfiction. So the self-doubt that came along with that was extraordinary. And it was really harder than writing the book itself. And it was harder than learning how to self-publish a book, this over the self-doubt. And I needed to tell myself that it was only coming from me. It wasn't coming from anyone else and to just do it. So that's what I would say. Oh, love it. Bam. I mean, guys, go out there and just do it. And guys, we know that sounds easier said than done, right? Like, and there's been moments that Kathleen has stopped herself and she probably hasn't just done it. And I haven't just done it, but in general, one step closer, 
one moment closer each and every day that's going to get you closer to those goals and to those aspirations. Like the world is yours to open and you have to decide how big you want to make that doorway or how small you want to keep it. And if you want to keep it small, we're still here to support you. Maybe you're super happy with where you're at, but if you're you have that audacious goal in front of you, go after it. Look what Kathleen's done. Bam. All right, guys. Well, listen, this is direct from Grit, Grace, and Glitz. Kathleen Foster. Go check out the show notes. Go follow her. She's an absolutely extraordinary woman, amazing mom, and just going after her goals, her dreams, her grit, her grace, and everything else in between. Kathleen, thanks so much for being here today. I hope you learned a lot from today's episode, and I cannot wait for you to catch our next episode. I'll see you back here next time on an all new episode of Grit, Grace, and Glitz.